Hey guys, welcome to Bacon Broadcast, episode number 484. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. First being where I treat my friends like my own therapy session. No, wait, no, that's what we do before the show. Uh, we bring you the Week in Geek, bring you the Talk Geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out June 22nd, 2022. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we have the Disney Pixar movie Lightyear coming out. So by the time you hear this, it will have just released. Uh, we're talking about some of our fake favorite media from movies. Um, much like Lightyear is the actual movie that Andy saw and loved in Toy Story that led to him getting the Buzz Lightyear action figure. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite movies, uh, bands, games, what have you, from other media that we enjoy. So, what the people in those universes are watching and loving. Yes. And what do we love? Why, we love beer drinking. of... We love drinking beer. Beer, of course. And, Chris, you had a beer that... I had on the show and said, this is great, you guys should get this. And then a week or two later, Paul got it and said, hey, this is pretty great. And now, Chris, do you have that beer? Yes, this is the same beer that you both had. Uh, I was looking for it last week. It said they had it at my local beer store. They did not have it. Uh, but this is coming from New Belgium, and this is their Voodoo Ranger Juice Force IPA, a hazy imperial IPA. Flying high at 9.5% ABV. And I was at the bottom of my first can just thinking like, oh, I already drank one of these just in our pre-show chatter. I should go get another one. And then I looked at the side of the can and I was like, I do remember John talking just about how light and easy to drink it was despite being 9.5%. Because guys, this is delightful. It's such an <laughs> amazing just... Like, like ruby red grapefruit sweetness. It, you get that little bit of like pithiness on the back end. It's enough to just make you keep going back to drink it more. It hides that nine point five percent. So good, um, because even after seeing how high the ABV was on it, I was like, yeah, we haven't started recording yet. I, I can do another one. Um, this is absolutely fantastic. So. Thank you for putting this on my radar, John. Um, thank you for confirming it, Paul, because this is something that if I had just walked past it on the shelves, I probably would have gone like just to the next sphere because I've had multiple other of the Voodoo Ranger like series. We had the sampler pack that had like the 1985 mm -hmm. one, and I can't remember the rest yeah. of them. Um, not bad, but there's nothing there that made me be like, oh, you know, let me keep traveling down this this juicy uh, Voodoo Ranger rabbit hole. But man, this one, this is this is the one to get if you see it. Mm -hmm. The the other half employee that makes the beer deliveries, I, I usually shoot the shit with him. Uh, I help him unpack the delivery. Um, and uh, just talking, he's like, oh, so like, what have you been drinking lately? And I said, oh, I've been having this and this, like you. And he's like, I can't get enough of Juice Force. It is delicious. Like, it's so good. And I was like, oh, really? And then I was talking to somebody else, and they said, yeah, it's really good. So I was like, I, I got to give it then. I'll give it a try. And I'm happy that I did. I also love that that thing is 9%. 
It drinks so easy, and they put it in a stovepipe can. Like, it's in a 19-ounce can, which is just insane to me. Like, <laughs> nobody should be drinking that much of that beer. <laughs> I I picked up a six-pack of just, like, regular 8-ounce cans, and I, I'm wishing that I had picked up, like, a 12 or a 15 of this, because this would yeah. just have a... A permanent home on the bottom shelf of my fridge. It's it's so good, yeah. so good. It would be a permanent home, but it it's so easy to drink that permanence wouldn't last long. So it's a right. So you think it's a permanent marker, but it's really a dry erase. I don't it's, know. I'm yeah, that that's not forward. great, Paul. I'm even resigned to the fact that now you have to talk about what you're drinking. <laughs> John, you gave this to me for helping uh, kind of start to put together that playground set that you just finished. Congratulations. I did. Took, it, it took me a week. Yeah. Over over 20 hours. And he, for that first day, you had four people working on it. <laughs> yeah, after for, that, it was just me. <laughs> for 10 hours. Or for, you know, about eight hours. And then, uh, yeah. But we're drinking, uh, because you gave it to me, Focal Banger from the Alchemist Brewery Company. This is 7% alcohol by volume. And I'm getting a nice, like, light, refreshing kind of IPA to start. And then, boom, it hits you with a dankness. And then, like, a smokiness, like, smoky maltness. But that that uh, dankness in the middle there, it's, you know, not my favorite flavor. Not my favorite of the a wet hop kind of flavor. Not my favorite. John, are you getting the same thing, or is am I just, like, got a little sinusy See, thing going on? I don't know. I, I get a really nice grapefruity pithy. And I guess, like, there's that danky kind of malt. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's that drier mouth out. I think it drinks super easy. I'm almost done with this 16-ounce yeah. can. Uh, is this also 9.5%? 7, 7%. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um... I think it drinks real easy. I I like this. I actually like this more than the other beer that Paul and I are going to drink tonight, which is Hetty Topper. Because Hetty Topper doesn't have that nice, bright grapefruity to it. Um, but, like, this, to me, it reminds me of, like, Fiddlehead. It reminds me of Nimble Giant. Like, it's definitely in those, in that wheelhouse. Yeah, I... I like those other two more than this right now, but I am, instead of getting that, a bright grapefruit, I'm getting a dark, dank, like, multi. Did you, did you store this cold? Yeah, I put it, as soon as I got home, it went into my basement fridge. Okay. So it isn't like I kept it out. It was out, you know, in the trunk of my car for 40, 30 minutes, 20, 30, yeah, 35 minutes, 30. let's say. <clears throat> okay. Uh, that shouldn't have hurt it. I, I don't know. I get a nice grapefruity. I get that dank kind of in the, like, after you take that sip and you mm-hmm. have that, like, with yeah. that drier mouth out, uh-huh. I can see that dankness kind of there. Yeah. But it's not, like, overwhelming on but my it, palate. See, it's hitting you at the end. It hits me in the middle as it transfers, like, where you see piffiness. That's where I'm getting that, like, grassy, that that wet grass, wet, hoppy dankiness. There, you're getting grapefruit, and I'm getting yeah. wet hop. I don't know. We just got different mouths, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Hey. Two, and I love both own. of them. 
Hey! Because hey, we, we get to talk about some of our favorite nerd things. Yeah. Like, Guys, some, we, like some of the top geek stories of the past week. Yeah, we have some uh, sad news, Just I guess, to start. Chris, you brought this to the table. Yeah, because uh, this happened literally like an hour and a half, two hours maybe, before we started recording. Um, but superstar comic book artist uh, Tim Sale, you may know him best from his work over at DC Comics with stuff like Long Halloween, uh, Dark Victory, or over at Marvel Comics with Superman, or not Superman, Spider-Man uh, Blue, Hulk Gray, Daredevil Yellow. Uh, but Tim Sale has passed away at 66. No word as to what the actual cause was. His family has just said he had some serious health, health issues that he was in the hospital for. Um, this is... This is really sad because he's not someone who I followed on a lot of books, but his name was definitely one that when I saw it was attached to a book, I'm like, okay, this is now going to be like a prestige like format that if you want this character broken down, you're going to see it happen in, the, in between these two pay, like uh, covers. <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, I saw a lot of comic book people too. Um, putting different stuff up. Um, Jimmy Palmiotti, Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, wrote a, a nice big thing about, <clears throat> about his life with Tim Sale and, and how he considered him a really good friend. Um, Franco Francovelli, he put a thing up about him, um, kind of talked a, bit, a little bit of how he was a little bit of a mentor to him. Um, but different people definitely had different things to, to say about, about him and he seemed to have touched a lot of people um with his art and also mentoring a lot of younger artists and possibly making sure that they got they knew what kind of what to expect in the business that was coming up ahead for them it's weird because we lost darwin cook a number of years ago now but that doesn't seem that long ago and now tim sale luckily there are like franco franco villa um, uh, Cliff Chang, Chris um, Omni, Chris Omni, that kind of carry on that cartoony, pulpy, oh, like timeless style. Yeah, like, timeless style. Like if I wanted to tell a story that was going to be out of continuity, that could be today, fifty years ago, or fifty years in the future. Like those would be the comic book artists that I would want to be working on that story. And, you know, I think, you know, Superman for all seasons, like, if I was going to read a Superman book, I think it's, like, can hand that to somebody be like, this is what Superman and comic books, this is the heart of it. Like, this is the heart of it. I mean, same with Batman Long Halloween. Like, this is the heart yeah. of Batman. Like, he worked so well at just encapsulating the iconic looks Oh, those characters, Spider-Man Blue, we talked about, you know. Um, Daredevil Yellow, yeah. I mean, I, I have single issues of Hulk Gray. And I just remember, like, the first time I got it, because I'd read other books from those from Jeff Loeb mm -hmm. and, and him, that when I opened it up, I was like, oh, this feels like I'm reliving the experience of those original Hulk books. But they look back, they look better than those original comic books um yeah that that timeless feel is just it's just amazing and i think it's also 
it worth it's worth uh, noting because I had completely forgotten about this until I just read it in an article because I was just trying to see if they had announced what his cause of death was. But he also did all the artwork for the paintings on the NBC show Heroes. So all the comic book paintings that I can't remember the name of the the character that was doing like the prophetic paintings, but that was all Tim Sale artwork because they wanted it to have that comic book feel like that panel to panel realism. And I forgot that, yeah, his artwork was literally all over that show, which, you know, love it or hate it because some of those later seasons struggled. That show was huge at the beginning. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that, that was their first comic book property, and they saw his artwork. Amazing. Until well, we got, apparently, uh, The Watchmen on HBO Max, or HBO, the series. People were saying, Heroes is the closest thing we'll ever see to Watchmen on television. The whole twist at the first season, you know. You can see that. You get that. Um, yeah. I've been hearing really good things about this season of The Boys, and it's never been a property that's intrigued me at all. I didn't read any of the comic books when they came out, because it just seemed to be that... Like, I think we read the first volume for Trade I Policy. I don't think no, we did. I've never read any of The Boys. No? no you might no. have picked it up to, to flip through, but I don't think we ever read any of it, because I've never... Yeah. I, I, I don't want like that dark, cynical... There's like mean spirited superhero story. Um, I'm a little bit more DC in my comic book taste where I like that idealized like superstar you hope to be, like you aspire to, to reach for. Um, yeah. Kal El, show them the way to be better. That's why I wasn't a huge fan of some of that you know, late 80s, early 90s stuff that was, you know, very formulative for what comic books became. Like, Transmetropolitan, like, I read all of it. Didn't absolutely love it, though. Um, Watchmen, like, like what it did, what it gave us, but not, not one of my go-to books. Like, when I purged a lot of my comics and graphic novels, like, that's the kind of stuff that I was like, I'm not going to go back and reread this because I don't want to dwell in this darkness. Um, so I was fine with like passing those to somebody else that wanted to get into comic books. Yeah, I don't like any. I don't like take cutdowns of the superhero genre because it's not interesting to me. Because it's like, yes, of course. Uh, oh, I like a heel turn. Like that's that's yeah, fine. I like a. Fine. I like a hero going like rogue and turning down. Like that's. Yeah. That's great too. But yeah, I don't like. If you're just going to point out the faults of the superhero genre in your, you know, superhero work, I'm like. Well, yeah, that's all obvious, but that's all the parts that I get past because of suspension of disbelief. Yeah, like, we know it's well, dumb. We get it. We well, read comic so, books. If everybody had the power of Superman, they would all be evil. And I'm like, no, but that's <clears throat> he wouldn't be Superman then. Like exactly, that's, yeah, that's, that's the, the whole point, point of Superman. Like, so, <sighs> but man, speaking about comic books and the movies that get it wrong. We're getting a Joker too, and apparently this one's a musical, and it'll be co-starring Lady Gaga. So I did not I see to... the first one. Was the first one even like a pseudo musical, like a jukebox musical style? Where this is I like... think there is an ad lib scene 
where he danced on the stairs and everybody loved it. That's the think, only scene I'm interested in seeing. Because it's in all the movie. trailers. Like, it's in the... Yeah. yeah. Him going, whoop, 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 downstairs. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So the algorithm told Warner Brothers that this is what people like. It's, yeah. it's more of a time, like, put it back out there. <laughs> I don't... And I'm sorry, are the people that loved the Joker movie, because it's definitely a certain subset of comic book fans... Are they going to be okay with Lady Gaga? I don't think they're going to be okay with it being a musical. Yeah, it's... When I first read the article, I was like, this has to just... No, wait, it's not April 1st. Okay, what? And then I saw it corroborated between other uh, news sites, and I'm like, weird choices. I mean, nothing against Lady Gaga. I... I love me some early Gaga. Those albums are absolutely fantastic, amazing dance pop. But yeah, I don't need to go see Joker two because she's. You don't need to see. I didn't see Joker Joker one. I I think when it finally came up on HBO, I was like, "All right, I'll I'll have the moment. I'll sit down and watch this." (laughs) Excuse me, and I couldn't get. I couldn't get through it. It just was like depressing and a slog. And I was like, I don't care about any of this. Mm -hmm. And I don't care for this interpretation of Joker. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to see a Joker origin. The best thing about Joker is that he has so many origins. And Todd Phillips, who is the writer-director said before his Joker movie came out, like, if you're a big fan of the comic books and you're looking for something comic book accurate, this is not it. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be happy. And I think he's taking that same view as with the sequel of what more what he wants to do. He's like, hey, if you're a fan of the first Joker movie, you're not going to like the second Joker movie. Right? And I think that's... I'm kind of happy about because I think the fans of the first Joker movie, the reason they're fans, maybe isn't why I would want to hang out with those kind of people. I don't no, know. They're, they're the same. It's, they're the same people that were on the internet yelling and shouting that they need the Snyder cut. You know, like yeah. And we didn't. We didn't need the Snyder cut. Uh, yeah. I I think. Well, John, they released the wrong Snyder cut. It's not the it's not the real Snyder cut. They want the full Snyder cut. Mm. Gotcha. Because now they're just releasing what they think they want the Snyder cut to be, but it's not the real mm-hmm. Snyder cut. There's a no, there's a super secret Snyder done. cut that See, only yeah. he has. You know, uh, Paul visited Caitlin and I in the hospital right after Grayson was born, and he just got his Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is it so red, John? <laughs> it looks like, oh, it looks like a cherry on top of a sundae. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Circumcision. Anyways, I think some <laughs> casting we can all get behind. Uh, announced recently that Neil Patrick Harris will be joining the cast of the Doctor Who 60th anniversary alongside returning Doctor David Tennant and returning companion... Uh, Donna Noble. 
Catherine Tate. I don't know why I said one of their real names and the other one's character's names. Um, okay with this. I'm assuming he's going to be part of some sort of framing device. I don't know. Because like you said, yeah. Paul, he's not British. <clears throat> it's it's weird that he would be in Doctor Who. But, you know, whatever. Hey. If he's a big fan and wants to be part of the legacy, he, he's... I don't know. Sometimes, like, when it's... Maybe maybe it's different because I'm an American. And the people that are fans of Doctor Who that are British, they see all those um, character actors that show up on Doctor Who. And they're like, oh, it's that guy. Like, everybody's... He's been in everything. It's fine. You know, and, and I see him. I'm like, oh, that's the guy that was in that episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's been on East End for years. And the other towners and the... You know, whatever British shows are. Um, I, Paul, I feel like those were all nondescript, like, the great value versions of <laughs> British shows. Because I think those are all wrong. I think the East End is their Broadway. Like, Oh, I like, thought you were talking about EastEnders. I thought you were making a reference okay. to the show. Oh, maybe there is a show called EastEnders. I don't. I th- yes, that's what I thought. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I thought there was the East End. I thought, I, like, I, I, thought I was talking about the end of Broadway. I, I do think it might uh, be might yeah. be some of that. And to he also has like enough nerd cred at this point from being in a bunch of other stuff that people like <laughs> him in. Definitely not the Matrix. That was bad, but. How's Christina Ricci in that? Because I just heard that she was in The Matrix uh, res- uh, Resurrection. Was she? Forgettable, Paul. She was forgettable. Because I don't remember uh, seeing her okay. in it. So, so either you had wrong information. Uh, or... I, don't, I don't need to watch The Matrix. <laughs> not because I was a fan of the original Matrix. Uh, because you don't get to see enough Christina Ricci in it. <laughs> yep. Hey, I'm, The movie was actually it? being shown on her forehead. That's how I... <laughs> That's a bad joke. She's lovely. She's fantastic. She every every boy's fantasy in the eighties, nineties. I'm and she is. I'm among them now. She's still very attractive. Like um, I'm very ex- they, excited about this whole Wednesday thing. They just she's put out a teaser for it. Yeah. Um. I watch it. I thought for some reason this was going to be like a cartoon thing. I don't know if it's because the last Adams Family thing we got was that uh, two animated movies. Animated one. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh, it's that's a real person." Um, I'm sorry, I have to, I have to hope for this one to fail though, because I'm rooting for the monsters. That's where, <laughs> that's where my my money's behind. But I will be watching. Uh, Wednesday. Yeah, but w- Wednesday is a TV show, and the monsters is going to be a no nope. movie. No, Paul will attest to this. I'm a nerd. I can actually only like one of those things. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't like them both. Then Christina was Richie was just in this uh, uh, movie, like some sort of um, monster kind of thing movie that I'm, I'm forgetting what it was. So I don't know you're my really album, losing points as one feed, of her best fans. <laughs> my movie feed has been like, "Hey, Christina Richie, Christina Richie," all of a sudden. So it, it's been great. I was like it, it monstrous, Paul? Monstrous. That's it. Was it the TV series Yellow Jacket that was no, a but pretty she's... big hit? Yes, that hey, went into what its second season. She she was in the Matrix Resurrections. That's what I was asking I, about. I don't. Uh, I that movie just my my attention was waning during it though. I think I was definitely playing games on my phone. I'm going to write it, down for uh, the spooky season movie list. Monstrous. Thank you for uh, reminding me. 
On uh, Rick and Morty, she did the voice of Kathy Ireland, which is funny. Is Kathy Ireland still alive? Yeah. Okay, good for her. Well, Again, it's an animated show, so I don't think they needed to bring her up. To, I, I'm, a, I'm assuming it cost them more to get Christina Ricci to play Kathy Ireland yeah. than it probably would have cost to get Kathy Ireland. Uh, Teen Titans, the Judas Contract, she was uh, Tara. Oh. I, I'm surprised I would have put her more as Raven, because I didn't see that one. That was one of the direct-to-DVD ones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, uh, which is she's made probably a, on HBO. Yeah. She's made a lot of crap. She's been, she's been active since she Buffalo was a kid. Buffalo 66 was crappy, yes. It was not good. And it was, family, and that was family value, though. Fantastic. What about that Penelope movie? Penelope is adorable and it's great. Paul, and you should put cursed. All on children that. should watch it. What? Put uh, cursed on that list too. It's uh, her is like a werewolf. Yeah, 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 I've seen that one. It's good. It's fun with uh, with Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that one. Uh, I've seen all of. I've seen all of her work. I'm just. Uh, I'm just interested in the new stuff. I want the new I stuff. I like cursed. It's a fun. It's a fun take on the va- uh, the werewolf kind of thing. The weird sidetrack that is us talking about Christina Ricci for way too long. But this is, you know, this is. I, what, I introduced the show as a therapy session for me right now. So, you know, just. just uh, let it. it go. Let's let it go. We got it. Yeah. Do you think the uh, now confirmed Thunderbolts movie coming out from the MCU is going to be fun? Which characters? Which lineup? So there's. Be? There's no like official the lineup. Um, <clears throat> I think they're going to be bringing in all those characters that they've been kind of <clears throat> bringing back and like not necessarily focusing on, but now trying to make relevant. Um, that's who you're going to be seeing as your your Thunderbolts, and this might be their like Dark Avengers. I think in the MCU, those titles are going to be kind of like one and the same. Like it's going to be a Dark Avengers, but they're going to be called the Thunderbolts. I don't think they're going to be doing that like secret team of heroes who's really villains. I think at this point, like it worked well in the comic books. I don't think it's something they could pull off in the movies because there's too much like star power. Like people know these characters and they know the actors. So as soon as you see, you know, if they have Zemo in it, like as soon as you see him on the poster, you're going to be like, oh, that's not Captain Victory. That's Baron Zemo. Like, I know. I watched like a whole six issue or six episode show with him. He was the catalyst for Civil War. Like, and also yeah. I watched a whole YouTube uh, video of him dancing for fourteen hours straight. <laughs> uh, but it was announced recently that uh, Marvel had tapped uh, director Jake Shear to do this, and Jake Shear has a lot of movies that you've probably seen, but maybe not because it's stuff like Paper Towns. Okay, which is a comic book movie. Yeah. Coming of Age. I haven't oh. seen it, but I know of it. I read the Coming of Age comic book series. You read a lot of them. Um, so I think weird, weird pick. But again, like that's what the MCU does. Like Marvel will pick these directors that have done like weird little indie projects or something completely different, and then give them like a multi-million, almost billion-dollar franchise. So. I'm okay with this. I, it's probably going to be years before we see it anyway, so they have a chance to build that roster, well, introduce the characters. And I feel that like they they've been have. doing that with um, 
what's her name? Who? Abomin- no, uh, Abomination? Uh, oh, Ju- um, Juliette Louise Dreyfus, who's been kind of collecting these villains. Yeah. Um, who's kind of like a Madame Mask esque kind of character, you know? So you you would imagine that's Valentina something De La no. Fontaine. Uh, you know, she's that, but yeah, she's got you at you know. U.S. soldier, she's got uh, USA soldier, she's got Yelena, yeah, who I think is going to be the person that breaks out from being part of that group or sees that they're doing bad first because she's kind of she's not bad herself and I don't think she'd be easily tricked into yeah. being a bad guy again since the Black Widow movie was basically her be- un- mind controlled, so... I mean, we, we see a lot more of her, I think, in Hawkeye, too. Like, And by her, I mean, like, as a character, like, who she is now, like, versus back during that. Um, I don't know. I I think it's a cool idea for a movie. I'm It has my full support, much like everything else in the MCU. Like, I'm going to see it. We're going to wind up talking about it. But, yeah, this probably won't be until, like, 2026, 2027, until we... We get to and, that point. Uh, another Marvel thing, um, we didn't talk about it prehand, but uh, Spider-Man No Way Home coming back to theaters with the deleted uh, deleted scenes you were supposed to get in the Blu-ray that they... Even yeah. more fun version? So I, or the more fun um, version? Or, yeah, something like that. But it has all the deleted scenes that they said they were going to have on the Blu-ray... Uh, which they didn't put in it because they saved them all for the for the movie theater again. Well, I I think this is a way for Sony to save face after re-releasing Morbius into movie theaters because they thought it was going to be a thing that people went to go see because people like making fun of Morbius and all the memes about it. I don't think. Sony had someone that was willing to step up and be like, no, guys, they're making fun of us. They don't really like this movie guys. or want to see it again. Now, I think I think Sony's I like, hey, what do we have that we can put out just and make that money? I, I After seeing meme stocks, though, like, what are companies supposed to think? You know what I mean? Like, GameStop... It was a joke stock, and people but were it's putting keep, money into it. But so they're still they putting money into they, it. Now it's keeping them afloat, like because that company yeah. has been suffering since I worked there, like <laughs> back in like 2010. Like, but now that's it's because Chris that, was it a good company to work no, for? No, it was a it was a terrible company is, to work for. I liked is I it, liked the job. I, I liked the customers because I got to stand around and talk to people about video games all day. Company itself was complete shit, but now, right. no, it's it's a meme stock. Like, yeah, yeah, it was a terrible company, so their stock was super cheap. So everyone was like, "Bro, we're all gonna rush in and buy up as much as possible." And now, that's that's where we're at. Okay, so that was the issue then. If they re-released Morbius to theaters, but made it like, hey. We're going to give you it, the ticket prices being like it was the 90s. I, I think this like was, was a bad... Cheap. 
I, I th- no, Why I think this was a bad. No, we did. No, 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 no. We held our integrity. We did not talk about Morbius during everything because we did not care about it. So it was, it was just the thing. It's like, yeah, we didn't care about it. We didn't see it. It was just something. I believe that was it was there. a bad case of telephone with Morbius, where somebody was like, "Oh man, have you seen all the stuff online about Morbius? It's hilarious. People love it." And then somebody went. Well, uh, I was, ta- I was talking to They're Jim. Loving They're loving Morbius. Morbius. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of buzz online about Morbius. Well, what should we do? I don't think we gave it enough time in the theaters, guys. Let, let, let me go, let me go talk to Bradley downstairs. Bradley, what's the word on Morbius? People are obsessed with it. We got, we got to get it back out there. I, yeah, I believe that's how it went. There's <laughs> such a strong disconnect, but it why was- would they re-release it? It's just uh-huh. stupid. I didn't even realize they re-released, they re-released it. it, but had yeah. They I can't remember the actual theater count, but it was like over a thousand theaters that they were like, "See it again," or like, but I, no, okay. nobody wanted to see it the first time either. I could, I could see people going to see it as a joke if it was stupid cheap to see it. If I think it was a secondary market, like secondary, like the cheap seats that used to be at the Dipson near me, like. Oh, it's three dollars to go see a movie. Eight dollars for a popcorn. Yeah, fine. Let's do it. I could see people going out to see it if it was bad and like uh, what's fun. that? Oh, hey, Mark. But I think the room. Yeah, like the room, or or you know something like a Rocky Horror or like Cats, where people were like, "Oh my gosh, this movie's so bad! Like you're not going to believe it." Let's go get a couple beers and like, go see it and just laugh at it. But no, Morbius was just a bad movie. It didn't have the redeeming quality of being like, hey, at least it's like kitschy and fun. Like it was Yeah, it's not it's no Street Fighter, the movie. Oh, Street Fighter's fantastic. Bad movie. But it's a lot of fun. If you give me the choice to see Morbius or Street Fighter, I'm going to theater too. I'm seeing Street Fighter. Raul Julia's in it. Game! And also Going to kick Bison so hard. <laughs> That's such a good move. I'm the collection agency. Your ass is six months overdue. Anyways, so going back, going back to re-releasing uh, Spider-Man: uh, No Way Home. Apparently, it's like really close to uh, crossing the two billion dollar mark in the worldwide uh, market. So it's like at one point nine billion. So if they can make another hundred million out there, they'll cross. It'll be the first movie to cross the two billion uh, movie threshold, which make so that makes sense. Like they want to push it. Like I think even Avatar, in order to have it hit, it got a re-release. Well, that's had so multiple re-releases. Didn't they just too? re-release it? Yeah, recently too. They did. They did they after released it in China. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> And you know what? I have to say, no props to Buzz, Buzz Lightyear. You know, they they didn't cut the scenes to make it uh, okay to be released in the 14 different uh, countries, like the United Arab Emirates, uh, Saudi Arabia. They're like, hey, no, a married couple are going to kiss on screen. If you can't handle that the married couple are women, eh, we just 
fine, don't show the movie in your country. We don't care. Well, well they did the same thing with Doctor Strange, too. Good good for them. Yeah, because America Chavez's parents are uh, lesbians. and but Even going back to, what was it? Was it Rise of Skywalker that had the like first Star Wars, like... Yeah. But then they wound up just, like, cutting it out because it was literally, like, a three-second clip of, like... Yeah. A kiss. A kiss. Very, yeah. But they were just like, snip, we can still put this out places. Um, yeah, don't do that. Like, tell your story. Like, if the country can't handle it, guess what? During the 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 uh, big wall, you know, the, the, the Russian, you know... Berlin USSR, Wall? They were still fingering out ways... The Berlin Wall, thank you. The Iron... I was thinking the Iron Curtain. But you're thinking, Wall, no, you're thinking you. about the Iron Giant, because you're oh, always thinking... Were you thinking, thinking about, about... Were you thinking about the Iron Sheik? Uh, no. So, yes, uh, Avatar, $2.7 <laughs> billion after all of its subsequent re-releases. So, yeah, I think Spider-Man... Okay, so it won't be the first one to break $2 billion, but they want to push it past the $2 billion, uh, milestone but what i was saying even with the iron wall up and also even with the uh, restrictions that were happening in china they were still able to import western rock and roll music western culture they would find ways to do it like it was great um like i read a story that like china was only able to import like classical music and what the Producer, you know, the producers of the actual cassette tapes and everything, what they would do is send, like, as the packing foam, just the uncoiled tape, you know, magnetic tape of, like, Metallica, you know, rock and roll music. Use that. Then they would get into China. They would re-roll that into, blank, you know, empty cassettes and then have an underground, like, here's all of Metallica Ride the Lightning because it would get you, it wouldn't be imported, but it would be imported like weird underground. So you weren't like talking about the Berlin Wall; you were talking about the Great Wall. Yes, but also that was happening in that that was then passed after the fall of the Iron Curtain. Like that kind of stuff was happening back and then. That wall and that, was built to keep the monsters away. Not monsters. No, no, no. Starring no, there are monsters. There, there are monsters. And Willem Dafoe was there, and uh, Matt Damon, and he was a really good archer. That's the great so the historical historical documentary <laughs> called The Wall. I, I, the Wall. I couldn't remember what movie you were referencing, but I remembered seeing the trailer for it. Do yeah. we want to talk about Amber Heard and Ezra Miller? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah we're only 38 minutes in. I would say we're all we're thirty eight is... minutes in. No, um, we're already two beers in. I, I refer to this as the DC problem because both Amber Heard <laughs> and Ezra Miller have starring roles in upcoming DC movies with Aquaman two and uh, the Flash. And boy, oh boy, are they making it hard for Warner Brothers and DC to market these movies. Um, Amber Heard, everybody's been talking about the Johnny Depp defama- uh, defamation case. Ether local water coolers. Uh, case is over now. She lost. Um, Ezra Miller, boy, things just keep 
going more and more downhill for him. Like, do you remember? You can't say things are going downhill when he's driving and he's he's taking the car downhill. So you like, remember yeah, like, like five years there's ago? There's something wrong. There's something wrong. Remember with five like years ago when everyone was like, oh, man, Shia LaBeouf's crazy. Like, he's never going to work in Hollywood anymore. He wasn't, like, kidnapping and brainwashing teenagers. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, well, yeah. Well, he's been grooming this girl since she was 12 years old. Ugh. No, I don't want to know about this then. Like, it's gross. I don't want to see the Flash movie. Why is he ruining the Flash for me? <laughs> because they just don't want you to enjoy it. Hey, they don't want you to enjoy it. At I, I all. guess the show's still good. Like they're still doing stuff on the CW show. Maybe that's um, your flash. Yeah, but he shows up on the CW show, I think, and kind of ruins it for me. Yeah, it's. I think I watched a clip of it, but yeah, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's slowly. I think. Well, that's slowly. I think he's really. He's really. He's really gone off the deep end, but he's been showing that he's problematic and nobody's really been, seems like they've been trying to help him um but i guess just i think just today he had made a bunch of posts about um how nobody will find him he's in a different universe he's uh, a flash. twitter it's a flash and then um but and then i guess he clarence did. uh and is Ezra Miller also uh, Cre- in yeah, the Fantastic Yeah, he was in the Beast. Fantastic Beast. I didn't. Okay. I haven't watched the the third one yet. It's on HBO, so it's available to just stream. So but it's not I just a DC it. problem; it's an all Warner Brothers. Problem. It's a Warner Brothers problem. It's a, yeah. Uh, but Warner Brothers also hasn't come out to say anything about like the situation at all. They haven't. They've just been. They put out a trailer. They haven't put out much anything else after all of this stuff has happened. And I'm, I think they're hoping everything will just be swept under the rug and people will forget about it. And then they'll be like, hey, remember we put out that rock movie everybody kind of liked? Now here's the Flash. Michael Keaton's in yeah, it. I, we had, I think we, we had to put Keaton in it, guys. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of like cuts to that movie to make it basically – Batman 3 with the Flash <laughs> and Supergirl in it. Like, I think that's what it's going to become. Um, I understand companies not wanting to get involved too much in this because, yeah, he made a movie for them, but Warner Brothers isn't directly responsible for who he is or what he's done. Same thing with Amber Heard. Like, they're contractors that Warner Brothers hired to do something. Not necessarily reflective of, you know, the company's ideals or values, but that's what they are. But people do want those companies to have some sort of stake in social issues. Like, as someone that has worked for Disney, loves Disney, and worked, you know, lives down here where Disney basically owns everything. Like, we're going through that now with everything that's been happening. I'm a shareholder of Disney now. Hey, it stock, fell under stock, $100. Stocks dropped down under $100 for the first yep, time. That's when I bought it. Because <laughs> I said, hey, remember a couple, like, uh, yeah, last like month, I was like, ago. hey, it's getting close to 100 Like, once it hits 100 buy, it hit like 93 So I was like, 93 uh, I, 
I have some extra money in my checking account. I probably could buy a few shares. Um, just, it's just for fun. But also, uh, no, but in those d- contracts, dog, dog coins with these contractors, just these like actual shares. Yeah. Uh, no, my 401k and I, my IRAs for actual money. This buying Disney stock is just for fun. Uh, but they hire these contractors, but also in their contract is to do promotion. You cannot send these people out to do promotion for these films. So do you want yeah. them attached to that movie at that point? Or can you, you know, the technology's I'm, out there. I'm assuming some of the wording I've seen like dead me. actors, like, Paul, working in I, movies. Paul, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be the one to break it to you, especially this far after it happened. Those Nestle Brisk commercials, that wasn't actually Bruce Lee. That was just claymation. <laughs> but I'm a big fan of the Star Wars. There's been two Star Wars, three Star Wars, that have shown me that you can just, like, paste to face on somebody but it looks, that, that already did the movie. It always looks did, bad, and filming. people pick it out so fast. I, I'm sure there's some... Some wording in that contract, though, where it's like they have to be available for right. for promotion. Like, doesn't necessarily mean that like they have to send them out for. Like, it just be like, so, hey, if we call you to say, hey, you're meeting with Rotten Tomatoes, or I don't, I don't know any other movie websites. Entertainment, yeah, entertainment, like Access Hollywood. Like, you go to that that presser. I, they're not going to get those calls. That's that's basically money in the bank. That's slush funds for them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just saying that. I don't know. I think at this point, I don't. I, I've gone my I entire want, life without. It's like, so gross being that a, I don't want to see either either one of these movies. I've, and I love the Flash. I've gone my whole life without being a complete piece of shit. I'd like to think. Um, I don't know why it's so hard for other people, but you know what, guys. <laughs> Let's drink you enough drink, alcohol to drink, figure out how to become a big piece of shit. Um, and this is a beer that I'm drinking coming from Thin Man Brewery based out of Buffalo, New York, uh, in collaboration with Captain Lawrence Brewing. This is their all-in-the-game, yo. And this is a IPA sitting at 6.5% ABV. John, I haven't heard you talk about this. So is this something that's like readily available up there? Um, can I see yeah. the can? Because I saw the can on like the limited release shelf, and I was like, oh, that looks like a Thin Man can. And then I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, it does say Thin Man on it. And it has like the little dude, and it's got like the Captain Lawrence logo. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to grab the four-pack of that and take it, take it home. So is this something that came out a while ago? It okay. did come out a while ago. I, did, did you check the bottom of your can? What's your, what's your date? Uh, it's just two lines stamped on there. <laughs> like, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to hold it up to the camera as much as possible. There's no okay, date yeah, on there, get a good- but it it doesn't taste off at all. Like, I mean, it's an IPA, so it should be able to hold pretty well because they're so hopped up. Um, John's typing away on his phone. Six point five percent ABV. This is a delicious IPA, though. I have no issues with having picked up the four pack of this. It's a thin man beer, so I knew right off the bat, like. Worst case scenario, it's still going to be good enough that I'm going to be like, hey, I got a Thin Man beer in the fridge. I also picked up a four-pack of Minky Boodle for Yanni just to have. Um, 
because I can get Thin Man stuff down here, and we've talked about it before on the show. I just think it's awesome that I can get my hometown local brewery all the way down here in Orlando, and they send down good beers because it's, you know, stuff like this, Mickey Boodle, Pills Mafia, I can get Sci-Fi Hamster Wheel, and Bliss, and all really solid offerings. I don't that that beer came and went. I couldn't tell you exactly when when we had it. I get so many different beers from them, um, but I do know I had that I had that in the store for a while. Um, I Thin Man. I I like Thin Man beers. Thin Man in, I think in July, is having a Minky Boodle uh, Day. I'm on their website right now. It is uh, oh, July 30th. Yeah. I would love to be at Minky um, Day. Come on. Yeah, Kate, I was talking to my wife about going because they're going to have <clears throat> Minky there. You get that. You get a cool little taster glass that says Minky Boodle Day. And then there's going to be three variants of Minky Boodle there as well. So uh, Thin Man Collaborations with Other Half and Captain Lawrence released on February 11th. So it's a couple months old at this point. So with just their distribution deal, this could have been sitting around somewhere before it got brought down here. But it holds up. Like, it's the right amount of just, like, juiciness, but then kind of like a nice, like... IPA dry to it. It's fantastic. Like no issues drinking those other three. Yeah. And and talking about other half beers, Paul, you had an other half beer, right? Yeah, I did. I, I was just trying to figure out if I could get a uh Zorak cosplay together. No. So so I could get uh some me you know, to go to Mickey Boodle Day as Zorak. I think that would be pretty pretty good. Because his name was Mickey Boodle. I don't get the reference. Do you take this? Yeah. Do you get the silence of both Chris and I yeah, being like trying to figure out what you're talking about? From Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Mickey Boodle is isn't it named for that sketch that little bit? So when, Coast when Coast I type in Mickey Boodle, it comes up Mickey Boodle Space Ghost. Yeah, and apparently that's be track number twelve yeah. on the Space Ghost Barbecue. Yeah, it's. And his name was Mickey Boodle. Mickey Boodle? Mickey Boodle. And his name was Mickey Boodle. It's a whole thing. Paul, this is another time that you're you're one up on us. Yeah, I, I, I love We talked about it on the show before. I don't think so. I love Space Ghost, but I do not know this one. Zorak. Zorak. You know? The whole thing. I got a doodle in my noodle, and his name is Minky Boodle. Minky Boodle. I'm playing it, John. I'm playing it. Minky Boodle. Yeah, and his name was Mickey Boodle. Mickey Boodle. Okay, I guess I guess it was. So I should work. So yours now? Are you guys saying yes? I should work on this. Chris, go look at the can. It's got Space Ghost on it. Yes, that's why it doesn't. No, the Mickey Boodle can. can. He's flying. You said you bought. You said you bought it for your girlfriend. Not in front of me. It's in the fridge. That's so why I said go get it. It's got I space. I'm not on. getting up because I want to hear about what Paul's drinking. I drank uh, before the show uh, other half a uh, double mosaic dream, a double dry hopped imperial pale ale, eight point five percent 
easy drinking, mosaic hop, uh, decent, like, just, like, it was something that was there uh, at consumers when I was picking up uh, some beer just for myself. I had a hard time on uh, the 14th, uh, just was you know, with uh, where I've been working. It's been the thing, so... Um, it was a sad day. So, like, I'm like, you know what? I just kind of want to have a decent beer to drink when I get home on uh, that day. So, I'm like, oh, another other half beer. And they had like, oh, this is a mosaic of this beer. They had, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I just want this is a plain other half beer. And this is a plain other half double dry hop. It's just one of their. Double dry hop beers. One of their beers. Yep. All their beers. All their beers taste the same, except for the ones that don't. Yeah, they're they're decent. They're good. Like, I wish I could tell the difference. I really do, but I'm not going to remember which one's broccoli, which one's broccoli with cheese, which one's spinning plates, which one's spinning plates with spaghetti on top, which one's spinning plates and I dropped your meatball. They're stupid names from other half. And also, like, double dry hop mosaic dream. So I'm guessing this is a mosaic hopped double dry hop. But they have a, a mosaic series of beer. So Yanni oh, just walks by with a can of Mickey Boodle, and it does indeed have Space Ghost on it. So, <laughs> so I'm not t- This isn't a fact that I'm just sharing with you after guys After years now. of playing you guys board games already with you, known this. I've, I've learned, like, I have to doubt everything you say. So have you told Yanni yet? About this Mickey Boodle like conspiracy? That that'll be a talk for after the show. Cause... Okay. <laughs> yeah, you gotta sit down. Be like, hey. So just be careful here. I, I need, I might I need to apologize you. to you because we didn't believe something that Paul said on the podcast. Well, we both had that silent stare at him. Like, what is he talking about? John works with the brewery, so if he didn't know that, well, I don't know. I think I, I could think. I think I could pull it off a Zorak. I really do. Yeah. I now now that I get the reference, yeah, you should go there dressed up as that. Uh, and I am drinking. I wanted a palate cleanser between my two Alchemist beers, and um, Scrag Mountain Pills is actually one of my favorite pilsners, coming from Lawson's Finest Liquids. But this is a little twist. This is the salt and lime version of Scrag Mountain Pills, and I fucking love this beer. It is the right amount of lime before it gets too tart, but it is just this really nice, easy-drinking beer. I can't wait. We got really hot days here in Buffalo, and I really can't wait to sit out on my front porch and drink this beer. Um... And just really in, be able to enjoy it on a hot day. Uh, this beer is excellent. 4.8%. Uh, but if you can find Scrag Mountain Pills with salt and lime, I highly recommend it. Delicious. I, I will look into it as we're uh, wrapping up this to head into our next segment, which is going to be the list. The comic books we're most looking forward to coming out June 22nd, 2022. Uh, Paul, you got a book you, you're picking up, right? Yeah, I do. It's, uh, you know, it's a variant. So, maybe uh, no, no, I'll Paul, get Paul, a different sorry. We talk about the comics we're picking up, not the the variant co- like covers of that. 
Oh, sorry. Okay. I, 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 I don't want to like derail the show again. But okay, so let's. Okay, okay let me try so, yeah. to describe so, it another way. Okay, it's coming from Marvel Comics. Okay, it's it's the variant. No, so we're gonna take a pause again, Paul. It's we know it's Marvel Comics. <sighs> they put out like ninety different variant covers. We get it. Well, this we one only it. has four different variants. Okay, no, that, that's perfect. So you you tell us. I mean, you if you want to tell us what variant you're picking up. That's fine, but you gotta tell us what book it is first, okay? Okay, okay. Okay, so, so let's, let's, let's go back. Okay, okay. and okay. three, two, one. Written from uh, by Gail Simone. Art by Philo, uh, Phil, Phil Noto. Guys, with me so far? Ooh, okay. This book yeah. great team, is great team. the variant. God! <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Uh... Yeah, this deals with uh, Jessica. Wait, can we just take a moment? The best acting Chris yeah. has ever done. <laughs> you telling me my, my, pun- my Punisher reading from like the old lady? I guess I scared three out of five cats, and my girlfriend walked into the room to check on me. It was acting. We're good. Thanks. You, you could just say Paul said something, and it would elicit the same reaction. Like, oh, okay, I get it. Uh this is Jessica Jones meeting up with uh, different incarnations of herself from the multiverse. What she thought she was going to be an ordinary case that she was investigating turns out to be a romp in the Marvel multiverse. Uh, will she become friends with her variants or want to kill them? Eh, we'll have to find out soon in the variants, number one. I've always wondered that. You know, that's that's one thing I've always wished. Like, the whole uh, mirror, mirror of Aristrad, you know, Desire Backwards, you know, from Harry. I always wish I could have a mirror to look at. Like, oh, what if I did this different? What if I did that different? You know, like kind of touch screen kind of thing. Like, where I would be able to check, uh, actually choose the different branching paths of decisions. Um, what if I took that job at... You know, uh, the Disney store instead of taking the job at Wegmans. You know, weird, you know, small decisions at the time. But how would they impact my life? So I think it's cool that uh, we're going to see this kind of play out with uh, with Jessica Jones here. You know, a character that it's fine. You know, they can tell any story they want because really she's not making or breaking the Marvel Universe. She She's had her Netflix show. I I really enjoyed it. I watched the second season. It was a little bit dark, so I don't think you got into any of that stuff. I didn't see it. Um, I saw Jessica Jones was really good, though. Um, I'm also looking forward to a book that's kind of jumping around, dealing with some different characters, only in different times, not different universes. Because this is going to be Superman, Batman, World's Finest number four. Um, I have not read issues number two or three yet because... Oh, you're pulling a Paul. <laughs> I'm pulling a Paul, but not really because I'm actually picking these up in physical copies and my comic book store has not had issues number two or three because they've sold out. So I'm on their call list whenever they do get them back in or reprints come out to continue to buy them because issues number two and three are dealing with Robin and Supergirl in ancient China trying to subdue a demon. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know. Um, and then Batman and Superman fighting against that demon in the present. Uh, and then it's got Green Lantern, Hell Jordan on the cover. 
So much like the first issue of this book that we did read for the monthly look back two months ago, absolutely loved it. I don't know where this book is going, and it seems to be like it's just going to be bringing in everybody and anybody they can to have it keep pushing that story forward. Uh, written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora. I'm hoping my comic store gets these in soon because I want to read them, and I don't want to have to deal with the hassle of trying to buy them f- from Amazon because... It's been an absolute crapshoot if I'm abs- actually able to buy my books to read them or not, which isn't how I like to to buy or read my comic books. Like I'm so used to just sitting down and being like, hey, Wednesday, let me buy my books and just buying stuff and then having access to it. Where Amazon, every single time I try to sign in, thinks I'm someone else trying to access my account. And I'm just like, let me just buy my three comic books for the week so I can sit on my porch and drink a beer and enjoy them. John, hopefully your comic book buying uh, experience is easier, because what are you picking up? Uh, I'm picking up Beware the Eye of Odin, number one from Image Comics, written by Doug Wagner, art by Tim Odlin. And this is a story of a Viking who finds Odin's eye and must return it to the owner or face death. Uh, And he teams up with a one-armed warrior and a female warrior convinced that she's a Valkyrie. Monstrous mayhem ensues. Seemed like this could be a really fun book. Uh, The art looks kind of that kind of cartoony kind of fun and uh, it's kind of in the mood I've been in. I, I think this will be, I hope this will be fun. Especially now that, like you, Chris, like, I'm getting out to the comic book shops. It's it's a fun thing I do every couple of weeks. Uh, I get my little list together of the books that I'm interested in. I go in, I grab what's new. I ask them if they have these books. They usually do. And uh, it's it's kind of nice to be back at a comic book shop. And I take my son and buy him random weird books. You know, his favorite book right now is Yusagi Yojimbo because it's got a fucking werewolf on it. Like, it's great. And I love it. Yeah. And I get to share that with him. And, uh, you know, he gets he gets some fun That's books. part of the fun of reading comics. Last time Yanni and I went to a bookstore, she got a Elvira comic book. Like, it's Elvira in Horrorland that she enjoyed. So now when I go to the comic book store, I'm just looking to see if number two is out just so we can pick that up. Um, Man, reading comic books is fun. I didn't know what that leads us to. Another beer. And now a dramatic reading from Robin and Batman. Number two, page 21, panel five. That was a dramatic reading from Robin and Batman, number two, page 21, panel five. And what song was that, Paul? That's uh, Black Sheep by uh, Metric. Oh, okay. But done by uh, Brie Larson, sung by Brie Larson. 
with the band The Clash at Demon Head. And now, guys, The Clash at Demon Head intro is very much how we do the dramatic <laughs> reading. So did you mean for that to be a thing? Because, man, it was. And there was a time. Uh, can I just say, I like, Paul did a song, but I read that as like just a, like a whistle. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it was... This is just a musical, like, music notes in a in a thing. And I wanted to tie it into our main topic, which is... Uh, That's going to head us off into our main topic, which, as we announced at the front of the show, is our two fake media and beyond in celebration of Disney Pixar's Lightyear coming out this week. Um, so these are going to be some of our favorite fake media in real movies. Um and for me, when I pitch this to you guys, I use this as the example because, guys, I cannot get enough of that song from the Lone Rangers. <laughs> from the 1994 comedy movie Airheads, uh, starring Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler, um, with the band, the Lone Rangers holding a radio station hostage to get their song out on the airwaves because they're failing. They're not doing what they need to do. And they just need someone to hear this song and they know they're going to be big. I'm so sad. Studios do not make movies like this anymore because there's something just so quintessentially nineties about it. Um, I'm not saying this was the catalyst for the show because it was obviously Lightyear, but in the back of my mind, I would like to think this was the first thing that popped into my mind when I was pitching it, uh, and it has it has to stand. Uh, when you pitched, um, there's so many. It, there's so many great fake songs, and this was the one that like I honed it. When on you pitched this, this is this Airheads, Lone Rangers. And then Wild Stallions were the first two that popped up. But then when I really thought about it, it's like, all right, well, what is my favorite? What's the one that really matters? And then I'm like, Paul mentioned it earlier, like, I bought the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. Like, it's got to be Sex bob Like, truck, truck, truck. Like, we are a Sex bob all, all those songs were done yeah. by Beck. Like, it's yeah. real music. <laughs> It's fake music, but everything we're talking about is real in one way or another. Yeah, and that was like, uh, I mean, that's my pick if we're doing bands like Sex Bomb. Like, I enjoyed all those songs. Yeah, they were done by <laughs> they were done by Beck, but I bought that album because I enjoyed all those songs, and I listened to that album multiple so, times because oh. they were good songs. But Black Sheep. Was done by Metric, right? Like but that was that, yes, that's band. that's Metric, but it was done by the Clash at Demon Head right. in the movie. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what job I was at at the time. It might have been GameStop, but I can't remember what program it was set up for, what website it was. But my auto, like when I tried to log into the website, it would like show me a picture of something and I had to type in the response to it. Mm-hmm. The picture was a garbage truck. And my response that I had to type into it was truck, truck, <laughs> truck because of Scott Pilgrim. No lie. That's a thing for my life. And if 
for some reason I ever get rehired at whatever company I was working at the time and someone tries to log in as me to that like database website and they have to go through like the capture thing. Now they know it. I'm screwed. It's never going to happen. Um, but yeah, like that was a thing that carried through. Paul, do you have a favorite like fake band or fake song that was real to I'm, you in the moment? I'm just putting it into my Google calendar right now. And that is because, you know, nothing can go wrong. Everything is great on Rex Manning Day. <laughs> From Empire Records, April 8th. Uh, I was going to pick, you know, Flash of Demon Head realization, but John went ahead to go first. You can both have the same movie fine. because like, this is a free form. Like, I don't want us to feel like when I have these things on the show notes, like, it's like you pick one. Like, they're meant to just like talk about this stuff because this is something that we're not normally ever going to speak about. And I think that's the fun of throwing these like weird ideas out there because there's so much good, bad, fake media. In stuff. I just want to take April 8th from now on and just celebrate it as a completely 90s, just like, let's have fun. Personal pan pizzas, Pepsi Blue. Like, let's. I had that day with my wife. It was a Monday fun day. And, you know, play like Sonic the Hedgehog, like the original OG. Like, just enjoy what I enjoyed during the 90s. So, yeah, uh, I'm just. I'm not a big fan of his song. Uh, what was it? Uh, it was like... Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I I have a pin that I bought from like a local vendor at like a Orlando Arts Festival that it's basically like a Rex Manning EP, and I mm-hmm. can't remember the name of it. It's it's a French word. Je adore... Yeah. I'm loading up a Hollywood reporter... Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it gives me the name of the song, but it's not. Paul, it's just totally I'm surprised. Okay, you can, I'm surprised you, can. you didn't pick from Love Actually the oh. uh, the song from oh, yeah. that. <clears throat> That's also I've, good. I've the, never seen it, but Paul, that was one of your picks for your holiday movies for the Begging Board cast. Uh, mm-hmm. Twelve Days yeah. of Begging Board. Um, have I know you've dabbled, but have either one of you like jumped into Shit's Creek at all? Like fully? And I couldn't get. I couldn't get into. My, it. Wife, My wife has too. Okay. My wife, she's got like a shit different Shit's Creek T-shirts and sweatshirts and pins and stickers. That's and fantastic. She, lo- so, she loves it, and I've caught glimpses of it, but it's like that first season I just couldn't get into. And I know, like everyone's like, it, eh, get to the second season and you love it, and I'm like, I just can't get there. It's a it's a sitcom. You have to get into the second season because for me, Shit's Creek is basically Arrested Development done the way of something like Parks and Rec, where it has heart. The characters learn, they grow, they become something more, and that's really what sold me on the show. And then another thing that sold me on the show is in one of the later seasons, they're doing. Um, a musical at like the town theater and f- the, the main family, um, the Rose's daughter is auditioning for a role 
as one of the leads in the stage show. And for her audition show, she sings the theme song to her reality TV show, A Little Bit Alexis. And that song is on my loved playlist on Spotify because it's so cheesy, so bad. It's very much of the era of Paris Hilton decided to have a recording contract. So this is that song. John, I, I guarantee if you go to Caitlin tonight, and you just say, hey, sing me a little bit of Lexus. <laughs> She'll probably start laughing. And then she's going to go into like the very first verse or the chorus where everyone has a horse. Like It's ridiculous in all the best ways possible. Um, does anyone have any other favorite fake songs, bands? Uh, the, the song by Rex Manning is Say No More, Mono More. That's it. <laughs> That's definitely it. I did some Google food while you were talking about a little bit of Lexus. Uh, I, uh, I mean, no. Wild Stallion, Lone Rangers, Sex Boobam. What else do you need? Don't need much more than that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think if I have another one in the back of my head. And and um, uh, what's his name from um, Love Actually? There's something uh, on Da, 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 yeah, uh, we made a Christmas version. It's all shit. <laughs> it's, I never it's, saw uh, it. Bill Nye. Bill Nye's uh, character. Instead of uh, love is love's yes. all around us, it's Christmas yeah. is all Christmas around us. Christmas all around us. Yeah. You can feel it in it, your it sounds, heart. It's, Sounds great. The only other one that I'm going to have to add to it, um, I don't remember when the movie came out, was Josie and the Pussycats. When they oh, came out with yeah. the Rachel E. Cook. Uh, I can't remember. Tara Reed. Oh, Rosario Dawson. She was the third um, movie back in the early Billy 2000s. Mac. Sorry, no, you're uh, good. I was gonna, I was gonna Google do the food. long reach and just talk about the different um, uh, Mr. Show song, fake songs. No, uh, that's golden. Go for it. Um, Head but first, Josie this and time. the Kill yourself. <laughs> oh, I have, I have words. I have words about that. Um, the Josie and the Pussycat soundtrack is really solid because it's all like. Just super poppy, catchy power punk songs. And they're all done by Kay Hamlin from the band Letters to Cleo. So if you're a fan of like oh. 90s alt rock, listen to the Josie and the Pussycat soundtrack because it's. If you're Ben Wyatt, <laughs> <laughs> you would love that soundtrack. And also, if you're Paul McGowan, you would love the soundtrack of any of the Mouse Rat. Oh, yeah. One of the I best television. In the like, you can get all those songs uh, on Spotify. And that's part of what brings me joy about having a- instant access to, like, almost any and all music is most of these fake songs are going to be available on there. Uh, Chris, you brought up I Fell Into the Pit, but everybody knows. 5,000 Candles 10, in the Wind. 5,000 <laughs> Candles in the Wind. I, so much better. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. Spoo. Scary. We were. Was that on? The I don't think no. That was our week, talk was that about. This is, that was our talk about the main topic for this week last week. That is. That is uh, because that came out of 
also part of Paul asking for like a spooky <laughs> playlist where he was looking for like songs and movies to watch and yeah. 30 Rock Werewolf Apartments from Tracy Jordan is one of my all time favorite like Halloween songs and it turns out it's not even done by Tracy Morgan as Tracy Jordan. It was all done by Donald Glover doing a Tracy Morgan as Tracy Jordan impression. And that just speaks volumes to how great Donald Glover is and why we need that Lando Calrissian show to just be And a that thing. also leads into the Please. Mr. Show with their uh, graveyard smash uh, music video. It... <laughs> I was about to start singing it, and then I cracked <laughs> under the pressure. Chris, it was did a Halloween the- <laughs> Chris, did you scan the QR code and watch the behind the tunes uh, uh, off the back of the cereal box I, or the I did. monster cereals? I, I love my monster cereals. I love breakfast cereals, but I'm so bad at eating them. I still have... The boxes of cereals on top of my refrigerator waiting to be cracked open. And I'm so glad that they did that. And I'm so glad I'm the kind of person that will scan that code or call any phone number that pops up in a movie or TV show to see if it's actually attached to something. Um, absolutely fantastic. That was actually really fun about how I met your mother because every website they mentioned actually led to a website that they created. Um, Oh my gosh, there's another show Lost. that. Yeah, Lost was out, but and that like opened up into like a whole like alternate reality game too. Yeah. But it all spoilers. But guys, before we get into any other of our favorite <clears throat> fake medias, uh we're gonna get into our next beer. Yeah. So I, I don't know who wants you, to start. You go ahead, start go ahead Chris, because Paul two. and I have the same beer. Okay, um, my next beer is actually coming from one of Paul's favorite breweries, and by by uh, contact one of yours as well. Uh, this is coming from Ooh. Brewing out of Meadville, Pennsylvania. The second allotment, uh, and this is their Florida Stout, and this is a Imperial Stout um, with lactose. That's been conditioned on coconut Madagascar vanilla beans. Um, I originally thought it was bourbon barrel aged. It is not, but it doesn't need to be bourbon barrel aged because it's getting so much sweetness from that vanilla and that coconut. Um, you were gone, John, but I had said to Paul off show that I had picked up a bottle of this just for nighttime drinking after I got out of work one day and absolutely loved it floored by it and then picked up another bottle today because again you heard this part of it every single sampler pack and everything that i was looking at at my beer store was an ipa sampler pack and i just wanted a stout or a porter or something different and none of the sampler packs had it in there so at that point i was like oh they still have the florist out i'm just gonna get another bottle of this and it's a beer so nice, I bought it twice. And this bottle, I'm getting a lot more coconut on it than the first one I did. And I had it maybe two weeks ago, so I could be misremembering it. But everything about this like stout just sings. Like It's so like, 
coated coconutty and sweet, and you get that nice, like, roasty stoutness off of it. 11.6% ABV. Um, I'm glad this is my last one of the night, especially after two of the <laughs> juice forces. And, like, I'm glad uh, you don't need to go anywhere. Low ABV IPA that was like five, I think. Um, I poured myself a glass just to, like, get me through the show, but then I was going to pour one for Yanni. I was like, oh, wait, she has that Minky Boodle. I can just keep the bottle with me. Um, okay. It's fantastic. I, I'm glad because I hear vanilla and coconut together, and I fear suntan lotion. No. It's, it's, the coconut walks that fine line where it's either, like, great coconut or yeah. suntan lotion. <clears throat> and then when you mix it with vanilla, I think it kind of pushes that, you know, a little bit of that just suntan lotion kind of vibes for me. Like, the, the, the smell would just be reminiscent, and I couldn't get past it. Much like why I don't like peanut coladas. I, st- I don't get my... Oh, I don't mind so getting good. lost I, in the rain. I'm not a huge coconut... I don't like I'm not a huge fake coconut or candied coconut. I like eat a real coconut, but I hate coconut candy or coconut and cookies or brownies. I don't like it. Um, no, this this I is like all real. coconut water. I like actually, you know, you get the, the coconut, you smash it, you summer, there's Yeah, and you can yeah, scoop it, you get the actual coconut water out of there. You actually put a straw in there. Ah, oh, that's uh, fun. Uh, but what also is fun is getting this uh, hard to get down here, but you can get it up in Vermont. Hetty uh, Topper from Alchemist Brewery, eight percent by volume. And this is like this is the beer that put crushable, easy drinking IPAs. This is when people say, "Hey, East Coast IPAs." This, this is the this grandfather. Is the beer they, this is the beer that yeah that kind of created that East Coast craze. Uh, and really distinguished West Coast versus East Coast beers. Um, mm-hmm. And this was, yeah, one of the hardest beers to get. You had to know somebody who knew somebody who went there. Uh, yes. Whether or not it was kept cold, if it was old or new, it was it was always a toss-up. Um, and this was probably the first time ever... Uh, my store was able ever to get four packs of this beer uh, for sale. Same thing with Focal Banger. Um, and we're going to get, I think in September, our second wave of it. Um, $16.99 for the four pack. Okay. Um, okay. Not bad. Which I think like if you went to Vermont and you were to buy it, at, from the brewery, I think it's like thirteen, so it's three dollars more uh, for the shipping, for the distributing, all that stuff. Or not needing exactly. the guy who knows. Uh, and like, Hetty Topper still holds up. It's a little more of that bitter versus super super juicy, but. Mm-hmm. It's still a really nice drinking beer. Yeah. When you mentioned Nimble Giant, when we were drinking the last one, this this is what 
I think of when I think of Nimble Giant. Just that easy drinking, kind of dangerous. Nimble Giant's like, what, 9%? This is 8%. But then that bitterness that kind of like, hey, bud, you're actually drinking something. You might want to slow down yeah. before it crush you. I mean, that's what the Heady Topper is delivering here. There's nothing challenging about this beer, unlike the last one, which had that pithy grapefruit, that maltiness to it. Uh, this one just is like, just, hey, buddy, I'm here to hang out, drink some beer. Let's take it easy. Everything's going to be okay. I, I think this is also a, you could crush this beer, but it also, with that little extra bitter, slows you down. From really popping this one, it's not the most bitter. It's 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 it's, it's not the it's, most bitter, but it is on the more bitter side between the two between Focal Banger and this. Um, yeah, <clears throat> and I think Focal Banger is more of an updated IPA. Um, mm-hmm. But Heady Topper, it's something that I've I've had over the years. I've always no. enjoyed it. No. I was when this beer came in and I bought it and I brought it home. I was giddy, like I felt like a kid at Christmas because I've never had Heady Topper five days old. I've never had it yeah. as fresh and know that it was fresh and kept cold the entire time because. When I'd had this in the past, I got it from a person who got it from another person. Like, was it kept cold the whole time? Was it uh, fresh? And those things didn't always add up. So I was really, really excited as a beer enthusiast to have a, a fresh version of it. And I think it actually tastes better now, a couple of weeks old than it did five days old. I am happy now that I get to drink it again. Because I remember, I think we had it on the show before, I'm like, okay, I think there's a lot of buzz that's been built up about it. I don't know if it hits that buzz level. This is a very, very good IPA. If I were to say now what East Coast has become, which is those juice bombs, big grapefruity, you know, uh, tropical fruit, like easy drinking, crushable beers. That's no. this is not that. But is it a West Coast? No, because it's not no. piney enough either. It's just an easy drink. Like somehow, East Coast took this idea and it's like, oh, we want to make an easy drinking, crushable high IPA, high alcohol by volume beer. And then they suddenly became like, let's make it fruity. Let's make it grapefruity. Let's make it pineapple-y. Let's make let's it not juice force. Let's not add you know, that. From, let's make it juice force. Let's make it juice force. <laughs> let's, you know, let's not, you know what I mean? Put the hops in to bitter the beer as much, but more mm-hmm. to flavor the beer and give it more juiciness. Yeah. And that's, putting them in later in the boil. And the thing is, back when I first started drinking IPAs, I would have hated, I wouldn't have appreciated this beer. Now that I've had all the West the West Coast that will 
blow your taste buds out. Those with those the, those West Coast are knocking your tits off. And then <laughs> and then the the uh, you know the ones that come out of like Colorado that say they're Hundo IBUs, and then you drink them, and you're like, this is nowhere near as bitter as any of the other beers that I've ever drank. And that's and why Paul's like, oh, BTUs are bullshit. They are. They are. They really are bull. Uh, then coming so and then coming over to the East Coast and being like, wow, this is all just juicy and crustable and good. Now coming back and experience Hetty Topper after that whirlwind and actually tasting everything. Like, I can appreciate the quality that this has, but I also appreciate that I have moved beyond it. And, well, not that I've moved beyond it, but I think the brewer, the beer industry as a whole, like, I feel like I can get a very similar thing from, like, almost every brewery. But this, this is... This is the beer that set that standard for those guys to do that. Yeah. It, it set the standard, and I think yeah, people are I, meeting I, it. I would not disagree with that. Like, I, when, when, okay. like, we started getting Lawson's Sip of Sunshine, people, people were like, who cares about that? And I'm like, that's another one of those beers. It's a, it's a, it's a legacy. It's a grandfather it's beer. It's like the reason you have those beers that you think are amazing are because of Hetty Topper, or because of Lawson, or because of Fiddlehead, and those breweries mm-hmm. changed changed IPAs. And nobody at that time, when we first had like Hetty Topper or those beers, nobody was talking West Coast versus East Coast. It wasn't until just more recently that people were like, yeah. Yeah. Resin, piney, bitter. That's California. That's that side. Sierra Nevada set that up 30, almost 40 years ago. Boom. Like, no, yeah. yeah. Fuck, am I? I'm 40, right? Yeah, that 40, year, 40 years ago. Sierra, yeah. Sierra Nevada set that up 40 years ago. Um, and then that... that Vermont style beers just were like, hey, let's not make it as bitter. Let's make it more crushable. Let's make it something that somebody can drink and be like, whew, man, I pounded that can and it was 8%. I shouldn't have. Do you think. I'm sorry, I'm going to go. Hey, it's a I'm, podcast. I'm hearing, Paul, sorry. You, here we you, go. You, Get ready. Pounded, I'm banging you a two, an eight point five, and a seven percenter. Let's let's go, let's go, baby. The winter is very very long in in the East Coast, up in Vermont. The winter never happens in California. We have to appreciate the summer <laughs> when we get it up here. So when we can get a beer. Like that, we want to enjoy during the summer. We just want to, we want to drink it quick and move on to the next one because there, it's it's going to be eighty degrees to eighty eight degrees today. It's going to be seventy three degrees tomorrow, and then this is going to be sixty five degrees the next. Day. And then it's going to rain for three days, and then be and ninety. It, yep, and then be nine. Like so, we want to drink our beer. You, you know what I mean? Like we want we. We don't have the time to sit back and just, like, oh, yeah, I can drink this, like, IPA that's bitter and everything. We got to get at it and get after it 
Because the summer is so short. And the good weather is so short. Is that a thing? Am I... Am I casting aspersions I, on ourselves? I think you can just enjoy an IPA when you want to get an IPA. Like they're Chris, how, good. How, how many stouts can you find down there? He can find. I mean, stouts exist. They're just not every in brewery. The sampler pass. Yeah, but every brewery that he goes to will have a stout or yeah. three on tap. Like that was the thing yeah, that true. when I went down there and I was talk, I was talking to. Chris, I was surprised. I said to him, "I go like." It's insane the amount of stouts. For the weather you have year-round, every brewery has three or four stouts on. And just think about, like, Broken Lizard. Broken Lizard, like, when we first went there... Dead, Dead Lizard. Lizard. Uh, Broken Strings. Broken Strings. De- Broken Lizard is the company that does Super Troopers beer fest. Uh, but when we went there, most of their beers were, were dark beers. You know, like... Florida does a lot of really good dark beers. They do. But we've talked enough about music. Because in most of our lives, music is the soundtrack to our lives. Or movies. So guys, do you have any favorite fake movies that you want to talk about? Uh, I have to say... The Grindhouse movies gave us some great fake movies, fake of, movie trailers. There's a lot of fake movies, and they're all they Ooh. all are gems. But the um, Edgar Wright don't is just the perfect like seventies horror haunted house. Don't go into the house. Don't. Okay, that's the one that's just yeah. No. I think I liked the the Rob Zombie Werewolves, werewolf women uh, where, uh, of SS, the SS. Which like, is also also great. There there are numerous great ones. There's a, yeah, because I forget how many because Paul, you weren't here for this, but John and I actually went to the Grindhouse double feature where in between they had like all the fake movie trailers. I think we were like Two of maybe like five or six people. It was in that pretty. Movie em- it was pretty empty. I think my dad went with us too. No, I think was it was just, just us because it was later. Like I think, I think we went out for dinner beforehand, and then like we landed. I might have there. gone back and re because it was like a five-hour ex- like time commitment. I, uh, yeah, it was a big one. I re- I think I went and saw it again with my father then. But those were some of the best. Like those were movies that. Or trailers for movies that I was like, yeah, I'd see that. Yeah, I'd see that. And the only person who actually did it was Robert Rodriguez actually made Machete into a movie. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one was just recently in Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood, another Quentin Tarantino, in uh, The Fourteen Fists of Mikulski, which is Leonardo DiCaprio with an eye patch. World War Two opens up this curtain and flamethrowers, flamethrowers, flamethrowers. How would you say he flamethrows? Flamethrows uh, a bunch of a bunch of Nazis. But right before he's got the great line of "Who ordered some fried kraut?" and then just opens up Ooh. and uh, flamethrows him. And it's that great like you can see that they're wearing like. The masks and everything to get flamethrowed. 
those two, I think, are just kind of my, like, yeah, I'd, I'd watch that movie. My picks. Paul, you got a favorite favorite movie from something? I don't. Like, the only thing that I have is, like, Angels with a Dirty Spot. <laughs> that was from, mine! From, uh, I have it open. Because an- like, Angels That's with- the only thing I kind of can think of or, and, or know. Like, I got nothing. Go ahead, uh, Chris. No, because talking about it for the 12 Days of Bagan Board, Angels with Dirty Faces less, like, for uh, Home Alone 1, and then Angels with Filthy Souls. Which not a lot of people realize, like, it's two different movies in Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Um, people thought those were real movies that they pulled clips from for the show, but no, like, Chris Columbus just made those up. And I think that's part of the fun of Home Alone, is they seem so real and so just movies that you wouldn't be allowed to watch as a kid, because... A guy's got a Tommy gun and he's attacking like mobsters that are coming to get him. Snakes. Um, I don't know no snakes. <laughs> they're fantastic. Um, and the fact that it's just such a part of Home Alone and so inherent to the storytelling because Kevin just brings those back when he's trying to defend, you know, his house, like his home, his fortress, uh, from the bandits. It just makes sense. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, because that was definitely one of mine as well. Um, the only one, other one that I kind of thought of and considered was Spaceballs 2, the, the quest for more money, because they sold it uh. in Spaceballs 1, because obviously Mel Brooks is going to try to milk a franchise for everything he's got. He had a flamethrower in it. <laughs> you gotta buy Spaceballs a flamethrower. Um, I just think it's so funny that it's something that was just pitched in Spaceballs, the movie, as a joke. But to this day, he's still approached about, like, hey, when Spaceballs 2 coming out. And it's one of those things that he's, like, in the back of a notebook somewhere, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm working on it. It's like, Sir, you need to get that out as soon as possible. You're going to be dead soon. You've done some great work, but you need to finish that work now because nobody else is going to be able to carry that torch for you because there, there's no other Mel Brooks. Like, and you can say what you want about like us living in a woke culture now, but I think if something like a Mel Brooks movie came out today, everyone would be like, ooh, no, you can't do that. But it's Mel Brooks, and he's the king of, like, hey, you can't do this, but guys, we're gonna do this, right? Yeah. Like, I... I he stays on that line. He, you know, he, he does it, and, like, it's the right amount he, he of, like, makes... like, towing it and, like, kind of, like, winking at the line, like... And... and, and go ahead. He makes fun of everybody... Everybody is hit. But he also goes, okay, I'm going to make, like, Blazing Saddles. We're going to make this movie. Who am I yeah. going to make it with? Love- oh, Richard Pryor. I'm going to bring Richard Pryor in and his other writing uh, person. They're going to – I'm going to write the outline and they're going to write all the all, all the racist <laughs> stuff in it because they lived it. They know what these people are like and let's lampoon them. 
I got to lampoon the Nazis, who I hated, in several of yeah. my pictures. Let's let these guys get the honkies. I don't know how many times I'm actually out in public somewhere and something will spark producers in me and I start singing Springtime for Hitler to myself. Like, I sing it out, but like I try to do it like Springtime and like, I try to do it low enough because I don't want people to think that I'm of, of that, like, wearing my white robes out to the meetings, but like yeah. You don't want to be confused with a Joker I, fan. All I know <laughs> is I was born in Dufeldorf, and that is why I'm called Rolf. Um, I, I don't think it's from a movie. I Because I do not remember a lot about this movie, but I put Turbo Man <laughs> on my list from Jingle All the Way. I think I, I do. I think not. Turbo Man was like a cartoon, wasn't it, or was it a movie? I, I mean, if I you're gonna do, if I you're gonna remember. do that, why wouldn't it's, you do Last Action Hero? Because Jake, uh, Jake uh, Slattery or whatever his name was, was a movies within the movie within the movie. It was movie to movie with it. Like Last Action Hero is fantastic, and I absolutely love that movie. But there was just something. Because this past Christmas, they, like Funko actually put out Turbo Man action figures, and I just thought that that was so cool. And when I saw it at Walmart, I was like, do I grab a Turbo Man? But at the time, I was like, I haven't seen this movie since whenever it came out. Like, I'm not a big enough fan to like be a part of like the fandom or the fur to grab this toy. But I have fond memories of it. Like, I think it's a lot of fun. So you're saying you weren't Mor- Morbian. I, w- I wasn't Morbian then. Uh, uh, again, to bring up TV, uh, I always loved, and I'm re-watching all of Seinfeld with my mother-in-law, who, who lives with me and my wife now, uh, but Seinfeld has all of these great movie titles that they're always going to go see, like, um, now, now I can't think, of, I had one in my head and I can't think of it, like, uh, but... See, Seinfeld's a show that I watched every week when it was, like, debuting, and I loved it, but I've never gone back to rewatch it. Like, I might have seen the odd episode, like, if it was showing on, like, broadcast TV at, like, 12.30, like, and it was, and I was, I was like, oh, like, it's Seinfeld, oh, I remember this, like, I don't, it, I haven't gone back. I have to say, Seinfeld still holds up. Before my mother-in-law moved in with us... I started watching, I just started watching Seinfeld. I was like, eh, it's on Netflix now, like, I'll start watching it. Um, and uh, she moved in, and we lived in a tiny ho- house with, like, basically one TV. And um, my wife would go, like, I'm reading a book, I'm going to go and go to go to bed and read a book. And my mother-in-law's like, oh, what are you watching? I'm like, watching Seinfeld. And she's like, I watched it here or there when it aired on TV. So she just jumped in and whatever, I don't even know what season and her and I would watch three or four episodes a night and nothing beats watching it with someone who's never seen it because she'd be laughing hysterically. And I watched it for the most part when it came out on TV and then watched the reruns for years and years and years. So I know all the jokes 
But then watching it with somebody who's like really laughing, and then you go like, you know what? That is, pre- that is pretty funny. I'm gonna laugh with her instead of just be like, haha, that's funny in my head. Um, but Seinfeld, I think, still really does hold up. But they have like, boom, boom, he's back for death. It's death blow. And then they, they'll talk about, like, how Death Blow is one of the best movies they ever saw. Or how this movie was like, oh, they thought it was bad. But they have, like, one where it's like, uh, I forget what the name is. But they make reference to it in, like, season season three. And then season five, Bette Midler is performing the musical version of it. And has, like, a cameo in the show because of it. Like... They're, it's funny how they do all their callbacks. But I have to say, Chris, go back and, and if you're looking for one of those shows just to put on and watch oh, and laugh, it's, uh, it, it's good. Because I finished watching the series with my mother-in-law, but she hadn't watched three or four seasons uh, because I had already watched them. We just, as soon as that last episode ended, we went back and just rewatched it again and just it's like, what do you want to do, Sue? You want to? What do you want to watch? I don't know. Seinfeld. Okay, and we just put it on. We just are continuing to just keep watching it. I'll put that on my list because right now, Modern Family is my get home. Oh, I don't have something like in the queue that I want to watch. Like, oh, I can put on like two or three episodes of Modern Family, like watch those, enjoy it, and then go on. Uh, but you talking about. The movie with like the trailer reminded me of the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where they were all trying to go see Thunder Gun Express. <laughs> and I actually I had to Google the name of it because I was like, I can't remember this movie. And now I'm ashamed also that I didn't pick when um, Mac and Charlie did Lethal Weapon yeah. 4. Or was it Lethal Weapon 5? Like, I can't yeah. remember, right? Where they literally, like, filmed their own movie. Um, and they switched halfway yeah, through. Thunder Gun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Mac and um, Charlie was in it, but it was Mac and Dennis. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Um, one of my other favorite shows that I kind of wish I could watch is coming from one of my favorite, like, romantic comedies. And when I was researching and wrote this one down, I was like, do I just like romantic comedies sent on like Hawaiian islands? Because it's coming from forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> like 50 first no, dates. No, 50 first dates. I also love that movie. So that's what I was like. Maybe I just like movies about people being on an island. Um, but this is the Sarah Marshall comeback TV show. I'm not talking about crime scene, scene of the crime. I'm talking about Animal Instincts. <laughs> also, sorry, Jason Bateman, because it's such a dumb show, and it was a dumb show when it was sold as part of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, but it's still a dumb enough show that if I saw a trailer for Animal Instincts, where like, a detective is able to like talk to animals in her head and get information about crimes, I'm like, but they could still make that show today. Like, that would still be something that, gets, that they would try to sell. Uh, early 2000s, that got seven seasons. You know, it was like Ghost Whisperer. <laughs> I watched Ghost Whisperer. 
Should everyone view it? Delightful. True calling. Um, so that's one of my, like, fake TV shows in a movie. Paul, do you have any fake shows? Anything? I don't have a fake show, but I do have a game inside a well, video game. Oh, go for it, because I, I have a fake video game, yeah, too. Yeah, me too. But John? All right. Good, good. I have Triple Triad. Which is the game inside of Final Fantasy VIII, where uh, inside the game you could actually turn the monsters that you were beating into cards and then use those cards in a game that you would play against some random NPCs. And for it, was, it was literally like you could walk up to people in the world and be like, hey, you want to play Triple Triad? And they'd be like, let's go, bro. And then like you'd be set with like a game board. <laughs> Yeah. I like that game much better than I've played some other fake card games. I liked it better than uh, the one that I play in Knights of the Old Republic that I can't think of. Uh, the weird gambling game you play in Mass Effect. Triple Triad. For whoa, whoa, reason. whoa. It was about to click. Paul. I know. You like. I just said it. I'm. I mean, you, you I also listen to two Bioware games. games. <laughs> one and you like it more than both of them. I, I haven't played Went in the Witcher series. John, yeah. have you played Went? Is it good? Uh, Greg loves it. Okay. But Triple Triad. So you, don't, you don't like it enough to play the actual, like, real version of it that they they made available? Nope. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Of Went? No. Triple Triad, I don't think they ever made I don't a think that, version of it. But I cannot tell you the rules, because I remember it was a thing like where you had to put your card down, and then the numbers on the side of the cards would be... Yeah. But then there were modifiers... So it was an area like, kind of... Based on, like, elements. I can't describe the rules now, but at the time, when that game came out, I was like, oh, I'm a master at this. Like, let me get your cards, homie, because I'm about to take you down. I I could not do it today though. I really I enjoyed that the whole <clears> thing <throat> of collecting the monsters that I was defeating to play Triple Triad more than Final Fantasy VIII. Wow! Like I was playing Final Fantasy VIII just to play Triple Triad at a certain point. So that's why I'm bringing it up. I, I played a lot more Triple Triad than I played Blitzball and Final Fantasy X. Like. Because he had to go out and recruit players, and I didn't know you at the time. But looking back now, I'm like, oh, that would be t- totally a Paul thing. Like, cause you got to go and recruit people for the league. Like, I, I still haven't played Final Fantasy X, so it. And I think I might own it on Steam. You, I don't you know. probably do. It's probably on sale at some point. Um, yeah. For me, one of my favorite fake games coming out of something else is a game I cannot tell you anything about, but. The media storm for it sold me on this game. And this is coming out from The Simpsons. And this is Bone Storm. <laughs> the video game that Bar was not allowed to buy because the the marketing for it was too extreme. It's too violent. Millhouse was able to get it. And when Millhouse is given the chance to put his name in for the game, he puts it in his thrill house. And it's just <laughs> one of those things that has stuck with me forever. Uh, to is if I ever play a game where I get to put my name in, 
nine times out of ten, I put it in as Thrill mm. House. Um, I, for some reason, I, I wasn't able to get I it. I always do FDR. Because you're... A- <laughs> you, you've done that for <laughs> years. Yeah. Uh, Bart wasn't able to get it, so instead his mom got him, like, Lee Carvalho's, like, putting challenge. And it's such a... It was a uh, bass... It was bass fisher or something like that, right? It was it was it a fishing it was game? putting challenge. Oh really? Don't don't bite right. me on this. It, I'm not gonna bite <laughs> you. I've only seen like three. Simpsons. Uh, Simpsons is so great. It's like I think it's one of those things. Like go back and rewatch it. Much like at some point I'll go back and rewatch Seinfeld. Um, that's one of those games where it's just this show is so quintessentially like 80s and 90s, and the 90s were like. The whoa, parents! Can you believe your kids playing this video game? And me thinking back to the games I was playing at this point, I was like, you know, Doom, Wolfenstein. Like, yeah, they were shooting games, and you'd see some like spurts of blood. But it's like, I'm killing Nazis, I'm killing zombies and aliens on Mars. Like, it's not that bad. Oh, Mortal Kombat! I'm fighting evil demon ninjas. I'm the hero of the like, Earth realm. Like, uh, to piggyback on your uh, Simpsons, my show within a TV show is uh, Itchy and Scratchy and the Krusty Show on Seinfeld. Because I was like, the first thing I thought of, like, show within a show, Itchy and Scratchy, Krusty the Clown, the Krusty Show. Uh, oh yeah. But my, I have I have two games within. Uh, Within that, and uh, the first is going to come from a Paul favorite because he is a huge Tom Hanks fan, and from Big, <laughs> the Cavern of the Evil oh, Wizard, which is the computer game that he is playing uh, uh. in the beginning, and then uh, a classic that actually came out and you were able to play from the Wizards Super Mario Brothers Three. That was super. The movie yeah. came out before the video game. In North in, America. Yes. In North, in North America. So but that's also the, how you knew how knew. to get the magic whistle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because how would he know? I don't know. He has all Yeah, it, that, it's, it's fine. That, and that's the thing, like... Oh. That was all just Nintendo propaganda. Yeah, they tried to convince you that the Ninja and that game you could use the power glove the way that guy used the power glove. It's so bad. I love the power glove. I'm not even sure if that's actually line that he says. It's not, but you're you're allowed to say it. Anything else? Anyone wants to get out? Before I wrap it up, anything else that might not fit into this? Like any favorite, like, you know, other shows, movies, songs? Any, like, favorite foods? Because, you know, watching uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, those pizza balls look delicious. Gross. On uh, YouTube. Delicious, uh, though. Binging with Mabish makes them. Does so he? You can watch uh, how to make a recipe. Binging with Babish, a lot of really good like pop culture like foods that you should see. Um, and how to actually make them 
IRL. Uh, yeah. Paul, and I don't, Paul would you drink I a cactus? Like would you drink pizza. a cactus juice? Sequentiest. Yeah. Uh, he, they make that on um, uh, uh, the how to drink one that I like that I can't think of right now. How to drink? Thank you, John. Uh, the the one juice. year my wife, uh, I think it was before we got married. We both, for Christmas, bought each other the Bob's Burgers cookbook. Nice. Uh, so we have two copies of that. I think we gave we might have given one away, but it was one of those things that it was just like, we both really loved that show. We both saw the book. We're both like, we got to get these for that. Uh, and then, um, I mean, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Napoleon gets that awesome ice cream sundae. Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> he goes to Waterloo, to of say, course. Yeah. Kid and I, we still really like making that chocolate bread pudding that we got from Chris's copy of the unofficial Sky Dude, the Harry Potter cookbook or whatever. I still use that recipe for the uh, the pork loin because it's it's just mm. so good. It's like bourbon, like Dijon mustard. You can literally, like, look it up online, like, if you want, because it still pops up. Like, all the recipes are just available. But, guys, this is fun. I like doing these, like, weird one-off, like, just talk about random shit that we wouldn't normally talk about episodes. And hopefully people like listening to it. If there's something we missed, something we saw down, let us know. Email us, babeboardcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, wait and review us. Guys, what else you got to add? Uh, hey, we stayed on topic more than we did last episode. We kept on going into the nineties. Yeah, but we took it's it's hard now. We took a lot of pauses and had our own yeah subtracks this episode. Thank you for that, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs>